0: Here we go! Hi guys! Welcome to the very first episode of Black Looks Green On Me. Black Looks Green On Me is not about money. It's about those things that do not appear as they seem. Like a green screen. You know, how two things can be contradictory and true at the same time. The naked eye sees an illusion but not what goes on behind the scenes. My goal would never be to bore you with facts, figures, and history lessons but to introduce you to green screen topics that would challenge you to see things differently or see things as they truly are. From time to time, we'll have experts join us for deep dives. and I promise. I promise you will always leave you with something to think about in this first episode. I'm going in with a bank I'll be talking about porn Poverty porn and how it's strangling village economies in Africa, we'll also talk about what you can actually do to help fight poverty while avoiding poverty porn. Now, of course, when I say Africa, I use it in quotation because in 2018, a lot of people still believe that Africa is a village where we all know each other and still run around naked without dicks slapping about and house flies circling over each African. I've tried to avoid this pornographic topic for quite some time now because some of the poverty porn offenders have pure intentions and I have a conflict of interest. I've experienced and witnessed poverty in Nigeria and then extreme poverty in the United States, so I understand firsthand how poverty porn can provide some much-needed short-term relief. And not to mention, my father, who has devoted 40 plus years of his life to village outreach, is heavily involved in the charity industry and relies 100% on raised funds to get the work done in these villages. However, after I saw an episode of Adam Ruins everything where he talks about Tom's shoes and how they're negatively impacting economies in poor villages across Africa and other poor countries, I decided to share my thoughts on this topic. Before we jump too far ahead, let's define poverty porn for those that are still a bit confused. Poverty porn goes by many names. Stereotype porn, famine porn, development porn. It's essentially when any type of media exploits the poorest condition in order to generate enough sympathy to sell you something or to raise money. They do this by oversimplifying poverty with an image or with a short video and proper music that tugs at your heartstrings It make you feel like crap if you don't take action or give money. You know those you can feed this child for just six cents a day posters or those feed the children commercials where three house flies hover over one skinny black child with an extra large stomach holding an empty plate and then it zooms out to the entire village suffering the same fate as the child. Then comes the western saviors with food, water, clothing and shoes and cut to the scene where the kids are eating and happy and singing and thanking Jehovah for giving us the saviors from the west that's poverty porn and you know you've fallen for this over and over again because you my friend are the privileged audience and there's something that feels so good knowing that you gave six cents and saved an entire African village Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie a Nigerian writer summarize it beautifully problem with stereotypes it's not that they are untrue but that they are incomplete they make one story become the only story now that we have a general sense of what poverty porn is, let's put them in three different buckets and make them very easy to spot. These should always force your eyebrows to hit the roof and your mouth to start asking key questions. I'm sure there are other types of poverty porn out there, but these are the foundation and the most common ones. The first bucket of poverty porn is what I call the material dump. This is when you see those buy one and we'll send them a second to Africa or send us your old and unwanted stuff and we'll ship them to Africa where the people really, really, really need them. Perfect example of this is Tom's shoes now I have nothing against Tom's shoes but from my perspective and this was also discussed in that episode of Adam ruins everything I believe that they're actually hurting local village economies across countries in Africa so you buy one shoe or one pair of shoes and they send a second pair to a kid in a village in Africa or somewhere else around the world that are struggling as well. Now these shoes cost about $4 to make. You pay $50 for these shoes and they send a second pair that also costs $4 to make to a kid in Africa or on other continents that are struggling as well. So if you do the math, it cost them $8 to make both pairs of shoes and they're taking your $50, so they profit about $42. And then when you see the videos, you see these kids who are just so happy and jumping and jubilating because now they have shoes they didn't have before right? But when you zoom out a bit more behind the cameras, what you see, or what you do not see, are local shoemakers in these villages who can no longer feed their families, right? Who can no longer make shoes and hire other people in those villages because now people are getting shoes for free. And now they're stuck in a cycle of dependency on the Western saviors in perpetuity. Now, the second bucket of poverty porn is the savior complex and the celebrity ambassadors. You know, when you get those, I've lived where they live and I know how to solve their problems. Oftentimes, I see these rich white and non-white celebrities Spent a week or even a month in a village or a poor village, and then it's claimed that they have been enlightened and are now the ones to save these poor Africans because they've walked a mile in their shoes and now understand exactly how they live, how they think, how they feel, etc. They easily forget the single denominator that they'll never get to experience hopelessness. It's that empty feeling that every day is the same and there's absolutely no way out. You wake up tomorrow, you're back in this abyss that you just cannot escape. It's not when you know that after one week or after one month, you're heading back to the US or wherever you came from to your good life. I know most of them have good intentions and are trying to raise money for good causes, but it paints such a a negative picture when they're trying to educate us on specific issues while being surrounded by kids with toothpick legs and eyes begging for you to save them. That's poverty porn at its core. Now the third and final bucket is a very, very surprising one because I support a lot of these. And this is nonprofit organizations If you dig a little deeper, you'll quickly learn that non-profit organizations play a supportive role, not just in villages across Africa, but other continents as well. However, they market themselves as if they play a lead role. There are so many partners working effortlessly in remote areas across Africa and other continents, and they get little to no credit for their work. While the non-profit organizations run around declaring victory and pretending a day plus your money equals a solution to all of Africa's problems. Organizations. I see them really as middlemen that require lots of help on the ground to get things done. There are a few nonprofits that actually go to these remote areas to get work done, but they still have to partner with local organizations, with local officials, and indigenous people trying to make a change in their countries, in their continents. Those are the people that need to be empowered even more, along with those we are trying to help. Jennifer Lenfer of The Guardian in an article titled, Yes, charities want to make an impact, but poverty porn is not the way to do it, wrote. Poverty, disease, injustice, and conflict are all heartbreaking, but sometimes the work needed to tackle them is not new, innovative, or sexy. It might be citizens demanding fundamental services like improved healthcare or better roads or governments better managing their budgets or pressing local agencies to be more responsive to public concerns. Donating is a way to immediately banish the discomfort of encountering people in need. But organizations can invite their supporters to learn more and dig a little deeper. They can also help to challenge preconceived notions that donations will automatically bring relief to people in poverty or that charity itself is the only way to address it. And I couldn't agree more with her. Poverty has many faces beyond rags, houseflies. And helplessness and there's no easy solution so I urge you before you walk around with your tom shoes claiming you're helping Africa or before you send your six cents per day to save an African child please do your due diligence and know where your money is going and how your money or how much of it is going towards making meaningful impact We can no longer contribute to crippling village economies and forcing the people to depend on poverty, pouring money in perpetuity. If you really want to help quote unquote Africa, do some research and send your money to grassroots organizations focused on true education, agriculture, fighting tribalism, outdated diseases, global warming, gender equality, corruption, and other key challenges that will actually make a long lasting impact in countries across Africa, not free clothes and shoes. We have enough of that already and we have people. People in these local areas, who actually make those things, and we need to support those people to do more to hire people. We need to support those people. We cannot take away their jobs, we just cannot. I mean, this, of course, is a complicated topic since some of the organizations that dabble in poverty porn still do really good work. But I strongly believe that poverty porn is not a necessary evil, and the end does not justify the means. Once again, my goal is not to bring you to Jesus. I want you to do your own research and ask key questions before making any commitments you know how every organization they do good work but good is a variable word and it can mean so many different things Chester Higgins a former New York Times photographer provides a simple list of six questions to ask question number one how much of the money is transferred to local causes question number two can the charity NGO provide an audit question number three are the locals given agency to handle their problems with the money raised Question number four is the charity or NGO building local infrastructure. Question number five are skills being transferred to locals so they have the ability to use your money to do good. Question number six is the programming respectful to the cultural norms and local perspectives in the country it serves. I mean, those are very simple but key questions to ask because if an organization or an NGO or whoever can answer these questions and be very transparent, you should not support them. And for me personally, there are six organizations I'm currently looking at and evaluating to see if I'm going to further support. Number one is the girl generation. Now, the girl generation is the world's largest collective of organizations working together to end female genital mutilation. I mean, this is outdated and it has to go ASAP. Number two, engineers without borders. They build a better world through engineering projects that empower communities to meet their basic human needs. And I love this group because every year they actually print a failure report that details and admits the failures. You do not see a lot of organizations around the world doing this today. Almost impossible. Number three, Greenpeace Africa. Now Greenpeace Africa works to defend the oceans and ancient forests of the African continent and they commit themselves to leading efforts to stop climate change. I know right now, a lot of the countries in Africa are still developing and they're not really focusing on climate change, which is a huge challenge for the entire globe. This organization tries to get ahead of that and start to fight climate change as early as possible. Number four, Thousand Currents. Thousand Currents is actually quite interesting. They're about empowering indigenous people to see themselves as part of the future they can help build. It's just, it's so powerful to know that if you're going to help someone or an area that they're involved in that help, they know exactly what they need. And when you empower them, they can now start to empower others in that area and that's one way we can day out of poverty number five is the World Vision Africa so World Vision Africa is a development NGO with lots of programs meant to achieve a sustained well-being of children families and communities especially the most vulnerable ones so they do anything from health and sanitation to education and disaster response and they're on the ground actually in in more than 25 countries addressing the root causes of poverty and the last organization that I'm currently looking at is African Women's Development Fund. So it's a grant-making foundation that supports local, national, and regional women's organizations working towards the empowerment of African women in the promotion and realization of their rights. So they pretty much support Women's Rights Initiative all over Africa, and they partner with about 1,200 women's organizations, networks, and coalitions in 42 African countries. 42, we have to get them to 54, all 54 countries, because their work is very, 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 very important for gender equality. If you notice, all of these organizations that are named really focus on empowering the right people. I read an article once um, where um, the author talks about one of the biggest problems with poverty porn is that it's successful at empowering the wrong person. It tells the donors that because of their position in society and because of their resources, that they have the ability to be the saviors in these vulnerable communities. And then what that does then is it debilitates those who are actually poor because it objectifies the poor people and it defines them by their suffering and then strips them of the vital components of all human life agency autonomy and unlimited potential so now when they see these advertisements and marketing materials that depicts them as poor and helpless and hopeless they start to believe it and they start to depend on poverty porn money in perpetuity. But in reality, successfully addressing poverty means empowering those that are poor and giving them the tools and resources they need to transform their own communities. And not just that, we also have to admit our own ignorance and understanding the true nature of poverty. At the end of the day, liberating Africa is a daunting task and we all can still play a role, a pivotal role, but it will take activism and not charity. Guilt and pity will lose their effectiveness over time as we get desensitized to poverty porn. So as a start, let us understand that poverty porn is not the way to go. And the most important thing we can do is empower those that need help rather than ourselves or the middlemen. I rest my case. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, black looks green on me and you. And join us next week as we discuss the land flowing with milk and honey. Let us know how we did with this episode and we'll improve as we grow and learn together. See you next time forever forward.